Chapter thirty six of the D'Artagnan Romances, Volume three, Part one by Alexandre Dumas, translated by William Robson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. How D'Artagnan drew, as a fairy would have done, a country seat from a deal box. The king's words regarding the wounded pride of Monk had not inspired D'Artagnan with a small portion of apprehension. The lieutenant had had, all his life, the great art of choosing his enemies, and when he had found them implacable and invincible, it was when he had not been able, under any pretense, to make them otherwise. But points of view change greatly in the course of a life. It is a magic lantern, of which the eye of man every year changes the aspects. It results that from the last day of a year on which we saw white, to the first day of the year on which we shall see black, there is but the interval of a single night. Now, D'Artagnan, when he left Calais with his ten scamps, would have hesitated a little in attacking a Goliath, a Nebuchadnezzar, or a Holofernes, as he would in crossing swords with a recruit, or cavilling with a landlady. Then he resembled the sparrow-hawk, which, when fasting, will attack a ram. Hunger is blind, but D'Artagnan satisfied, D'Artagnan rich, D'Artagnan a conqueror. D'Artagnan proud of so difficult a triumph. D'Artagnan had too much to lose not to reckon, figure by figure, with probable misfortune. His thoughts were employed, therefore, all the way on the road from his presentation with one thing, and that was how he should conciliate a man like Monk, a man whom Charles himself, kind as he was, conciliated with difficulty. For, scarcely established the protected might again stand in need of the protector and would consequently not refuse him such being the case the petty satisfaction of transporting monsieur d'artagnan or of confining him in one of the middlesex prisons or drowning him a little on his passage from dover to boulogne such sorts of satisfaction kings are accustomed to render to viceroys without disagreeable consequences it would not be at all necessary for the king to be active in that counterpartie of the play in which Monk should take his revenge. The part of the king would be confined to simply pardoning the viceroy of Ireland, all he should undertake against D'Artagnan. Nothing more was necessary to place the conscience of the Duke of Albemarle at rest than a te absolvo said with a laugh, or the scrawl of Charles the king traced at the foot of a parchment, and with these two words pronounced, and these two words written, poor D'Artagnan was forever crushed beneath the ruins of his imagination. And then, a thing sufficiently disquieting for a man with such foresight as our musketeer, he found himself alone, and even the friendship of Athos could not restore his confidence. Certainly, if the affair had only concerned a free distribution of sword-thrusts, the musketeer would have counted upon his companion— but in delicate dealings with a king, when the perhaps of an unlucky chance should arise in justification of Monk or of Charles of England, D'Artagnan knew Athos well enough to be sure he would give the best possible coloring to the loyalty of the survivor, and would content himself with shedding floods of tears on the tomb of the dead, supposing the dead to be his friend, and afterwards composing his epitaph in the most pompous superlatives decidedly thought the gascon and this thought was the result of the reflections which he had just whispered to himself and which we have repeated aloud 
decidedly. I must be reconciled with Monsieur Monk, and acquire a proof of his perfect indifference for the past. If, and God forbid it should be so, he is still sulky and reserved in the expression of this sentiment, I shall give my money to Athos to take away with him, and remain in England just long enough to unmask him then, as I have a quick eye and a light foot, I shall notice the first hostile sign, or to decamp or conceal myself at the residence of my lord of Buckingham, who seems a good sort of devil at the bottom, and to whom in return for his hospitality I shall relate all that history of the diamonds, which can now compromise nobody but an old queen, who need not be ashamed, after being the wife of a miserly creature like Mazarin, of having formerly been the mistress of a handsome nobleman like Buckingham. Mordieu, that is the thing, and this monk shall not get the better of me. Eh, and besides, I have an idea. We know that in general D'Artagnan was not wanting in ideas, and during this soliloquy D'Artagnan buttoned his vest up to the chin, and nothing excited his imagination like this preparation for a combat of any kind, called a sanction by the Romans. He was quite heated when he reached the mansion of the Duke of Albemarle. He was introduced to the viceroy with a promptitude which proved that he was considered as one of the household. Monk was in his business closet. "'My lord,' said D'Artagnan, with that expression of frankness which the Gascon knew so well how to assume, "'my lord, I have come to ask your grace's advice.' Monk, as closely buttoned up morally as his antagonist was physically, replied, "'Ask, my friend.' and his countenance presented an expression not less open than that of D'Artagnan. "'My lord, in the first place, promise me secrecy and indulgence.' "'I promise you all you wish. What's the matter? Speak!' "'It is, my lord, that I am not quite pleased with the king.' "'Indeed! And on what account, my dear lieutenant?' because his majesty gives way sometimes to jest very compromising for his servants and jesting my lord is a weapon that seriously wounds men of the sword as we are monk did all in his power not to betray his thought but d'artagnan watched him with too close an attention not to detect an almost imperceptible flush upon his face well now for my part said he, with the most natural air possible. "'I am not an enemy of jesting, my dear Monsieur d'Artagnan. My soldiers will tell you that, even many times in camp, I listened very indifferently and with a certain pleasure to the satirical songs which the army of Lambert passed into mine, and which certainly would have caused the ears of a general more susceptible than I am to tingle.' "'Oh!' my lord said d'artagnan i know you are a complete man i know you have been for a long time placed above human miseries but there are jests and jests of a certain kind which have the power of irritating me beyond expression may i inquire what kind my friend such as are directed against my friends or against people i respect my lord Monk made a slight movement which D'Artagnan perceived. "'Hey, and in what?' asked Monk. 
in what can the stroke of a pin which scratches another tickle your skin answer me that my lord i can explain it to you in one single sentence it concerns you monk advanced a single step toward d'artagnan concerns me said he yes and this is what i cannot explain but that arises perhaps from my want of knowledge of his character how can the king have the heart to jest about a man who has rendered him so many and such great services how can one understand that he should amuse himself in setting by the ears a lion like you with a gnat like me i cannot conceive that in any way said monk but so it is the king who owed me a reward might have rewarded me as a soldier without contriving that history of the ransom which affects you my lord no said monk laughing it does not affect me in any way i can assure you not as regards me i can understand you know me my lord i am so discreet that the grave would appear a babbler compared to me but do you understand my lord no replied monk with persistent obstinacy if another knew the secret which i know what secret eh my lord why that unfortunate secret of newcastle oh the million of monsieur le comte de la fere no my lord no the enterprise made upon your grace's person it was well played chevalier that is all and no more is to be said about it you are a soldier both brave and cunning which proves that you unite the qualities of fabius and hannibal you employed your means force and cunning there is nothing to be said against that i ought to have been on guard ah yes i know my lord and i expected nothing less from your partiality so that if it were only the abduction itself mordieu that would be nothing but there are what the circumstances of that abduction what circumstances oh you know very well what i mean my lord no curse me if i do there is in truth it is difficult to speak it there is well there is that devil of a box monk colored visibly well i have forgotten it deal box continued d'artagnan with holes for the nose and mouth in truth my lord all the rest was well but the box the box that was really a coarse joke monk fidgeted about in his chair and notwithstanding my having done that resumed d'artagnan i a soldier of fortune it was quite simple because by the side of that action a little inconsiderate i admit which i committed but which the gravity of the case may excuse i am circumspect and reserved oh said monk believe me i i know you well monsieur d'artagnan and i appreciate you 
D'Artagnan never took his eyes off Monk, studying all which passed in the mind of the general as he prosecuted his idea. "'But it does not concern me,' resumed he. "'Well, then, whom does it concern?' said Monk, who began to grow a little impatient. "'It relates to the king, who will never restrain his tongue.' "'Well,' and suppose he should say all he knows said monk with a degree of hesitation my lord replied d'artagnan do not dissemble i implore you with a man who speaks so frankly as i do you have a right to feel your susceptibility excited however benignant it may be what the devil it is not the place for a man like you a man who plays with crowns and scepters as a bohemian plays with his balls it is not a place of a serious man i said to be shut up in a box like some freak of natural history for you must understand it would make all your enemies ready to burst with laughter and you are so great so noble so generous that you must have many enemies this secret is enough to set half the human race laughing if you were represented in that box it is not decent to have the second personage in the kingdom laughed at monk was quite out of countenance at the idea of seeing himself represented in his box ridicule as d'artagnan had judiciously foreseen acted upon him in a manner which neither the chances of war the aspirations of ambition nor the fear of death had been able to do good thought the gascon he is frightened i am safe oh as to the king said monk fear nothing my dear monsieur d'artagnan the king will not jest with monk i assure you the momentary flash of his eye was noticed by d'artagnan monk lowered his tone immediately the king continued he is of too noble a nature the king's heart is too high to allow him to wish ill to those who do him good oh certainly cried d'artagnan i am entirely of your grace's opinion with regard to his heart but not as to his head it is good but it is trifling the king will not trifle with monk be assured then you are quite at ease my lord on that side at least yes perfectly oh i understand you you are at ease as far as the king is concerned i have told you i was but you are not so much so on my account i thought i had told you that i had faith in your loyalty and discretion no doubt no doubt but you must remember one thing what is that that i was not alone that i had companions and what companions oh yes i know them and unfortunately my lord they know you too well well they are yonder at boulogne waiting for me and you fear yes i fear that in my absence parbleu if i were near them i could answer for their silence 
was i not right in saying that the danger if there was any danger would not come from his majesty however disposed he may be to jest but from your companions as you say to be laughed at by a king may be tolerable but by horse-boys and scamps of the army damn it yes i understand that would be unbearable that is why my lord i came to say do you not think it would be better for me to set out for france as soon as possible certainly if you think your presence would impose silence upon those scoundrels oh i am sure of that my lord your presence will not prevent the report from spreading if the tale has already transpired oh it has not transpired my lord i will wager at all events be assured i am determined upon one thing what is that to blow out the brains of the first who shall have propagated that report and of the first who has heard it after which i shall return to england to seek an asylum and perhaps employment with your grace oh come back come back unfortunately my lord i am acquainted with nobody here but your grace and if i should no longer find you or if you should have forgotten me in your greatness listen to me monsieur d'artagnan replied monk you are a superior man full of intelligence and courage you deserve all the good fortune this world can bring you come with me into scotland and i swear to you i shall arrange for you a fate which all may envy oh my lord that is impossible at present i have a sacred duty to perform i have to watch over your glory i have to prevent a low jester from tarnishing in the eyes of our contemporaries who knows in the eyes of posterity the splendor of your name of posterity monsieur d'artagnan doubtless it is necessary as regards posterity that all the details of that history should remain a mystery for admit that this unfortunate history of the deal box should spread and it should be asserted that you had not re-established the king loyally and of your own free will but in consequence of a compromise entered into at schwenigen between you two it would be vain for me to declare how the thing came about for though i know i should not believed it it would be said that i had received my part of the cake and was eating it monk knitted his brow glory honor probity said he you are but empty words mist replied d'artagnan nothing but mist through which nobody can see clearly well then go to france my dear monsieur d'artagnan said monk go and to render england more attractive and agreeable to you accept a remembrance of me what now thought d'artagnan i have on the banks of the clyde continued monk a little house in a grove cottage as it is called here to this house are attached a hundred acres of land accept it as a souvenir oh my lord faith you will be there in your own home 
and that will be the place of refuge you spoke of just now for me to be obliged to your lordship to such an extent really your grace i am ashamed not at all not at all monsieur replied monk with an arch smile it is i who shall be obliged to you and pressing the hand of the musketeer i shall go up and draw up the deed of gift and he left the room d'artagnan looked at him as he went out with something of a pensive and even an agitated air after all said he he is a brave man it is only a sad reflection that it is from fear of me and not affection that he acts thus well i shall endeavor that affection may follow then after an instant's deeper reflection bah said he to what purpose he is an englishman and he in his turn went out a little confused after the combat so said he i am a landowner but how the devil am i to share the cottage with planchet unless i give him the land and i take the chateau or that he takes the house and i nonsense monsieur monk will never allow me to share a house he has inhabited with a grocer he is too proud for that besides why should i say anything about it to him it was not with the money of the company i have acquired that property it was with my mother wit alone it is all mine then so now i will go and find athos and he directed his steps toward the dwelling of the comte de la fere end of chapter 36 recording by john van stan savannah georgia